Welcome back, Purple Podcast. This is episode 15. Uh, I'm your co-host, uh, Josh Bass. I'm here with my brother, Jake. Jake, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Can't complain too much. Um, you know, we'll get into this in a little bit. Obviously, baseball didn't start as hot as we wanted it to be, but, you know, the last two games uh, have given us a lot of hope, kind of getting back to that brand of EC baseball. So, you know, feeling really good going into the weekend with a few big games. Yeah, man. Uh, ton, ton to talk about today. Um, real quick before we get into it, uh, you're probably tired of hearing this, but I'm just making it a habit of saying it. Uh, if you, if you don't already follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at purple haze podcasts on Instagram and at purple haze pod on Twitter, um, ton of fun interacting with you guys on there. Um, I'm going to go in depth on the baseball season thus far, um, as well as, uh, how the basketball season is, is winding up. Uh, no football today. I know this will be our first podcast with, uh, you know, no football topics on it. Um, you know, do apologize for that to the, you know, football truthers, I guess, for lack of a better term out there that only listen to us for that. <laughs> we understand, but there's just not really hasn't been a ton since the last episode to uh, to talk about uh, with that. But, you know, I'm sure there will be in the coming days. I know they've just started ramping stuff back up, uh, you know, so it's still exciting times. But time to talk about nonetheless for uh, especially baseball on this podcast. Speaking of baseball, if you haven't already, check out our last episode. We had uh, Josh Moylan on. Um, anybody that's you know, knows anything about ECU baseball knows the name Josh Moylan. Um, you know, he's the first baseman for the team. He's a stud, uh, projected high you know, MLB draft pick in the 2023 draft. And we had him on and um, it was great to great to interview him and, and learn a lot about him as a guy uh, on and off the field. So if you haven't listened to that, it's the last episode we posted, episode 14. Uh, be sure to give that a listen. Give Josh a, a like on um, – or a like. Give Josh – I'm in the old man, dude. Give Josh a follow <laughs> on his social media, on Instagram. Um, and, yeah, uh, we'll jump into it, man. Like Jay kind of prefaced there, baseball got up to a slow start. Um, you know, we touched on it briefly last week when we were talking with Moylan, but, uh, we'll get into it now. Um, man, you know, obviously Jake, high expectations. We talked about it coming into the year, um, for this team, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's almost always too high. And, and that's not saying that this team isn't, this team is as talented as any team we've ever had. So when I say that too high of expectations, um, I'm not saying it is in this team, you know, maybe it was overrated coming in. I'm saying it is, you know, we're so spoiled as ECU baseball fans that, you know, we we have a rough start and, and we freak out and act like the baseball season's over and the world's ending when it's a, you know, it's a, what, 60-game season or so. So, um, you know, what 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 are your kind of thoughts on that, Jake? And, um, you know, maybe even give a brief explanation in your in your eyes for why the season started off the way it did. What's kind of gone wrong, at least for those first, you know, that that first series in the in the, you know, UNC series. Yeah, man. Um, you know, like you said, I feel like it's uh, it's easy to be an ECU baseball fan and to have super high expectations, like you said, almost too high. Um, you know, Coach Godwin's been on the record saying that, um you know, while we've hosted regionals the past few years and we've been, you know, a top 15 team in the country, uh, the goal isn't, you know, to host a regional every year. The goal is to just be playing in a regional somewhere every year because, you know, college baseball is super competitive. There's a lot of really good teams. And so starting off slow, you know, getting swept in the first series at home, uh, something that never happens, frankly. Um, 
to us. You know, we rarely even lose a series on the road. So, you know, that was a big reality shock. Um, obviously, if you're following ECU baseball, um, you know that we lost our best player and our ace. And me and Josh will get a little bit into that um, in a little while. But, you know, lost Carson Wizen Hunt three days before opening day. Garrett Saylor came in and, and you know, pitched on Friday. Um, Friday is usually where you have your veteran go, your best guy, and he kind of sets the tone for the whole series. I, I can't even imagine what was going on in that locker room and Saylor coming in, a guy who was fighting for that third spot in the rotation. That's not a knock on him. We just have a, you know, a ton of really talented guys. Um, but coming in on a few days' notice, trying to pitch against a really hungry, really talented Bryant club. So, um, yeah, I just, I just feel like that first game kind of uh, – that, that was going to be a tough one to win regardless. So, you know, we, we couldn't hit at all, and they, they hit really well. But, um, you know, that was going to be a tough one. Then the second game – um, was the game where somehow a timeout was called by the umpire on our walk-off home run. Uh, so it, it's still a loss. I'm not one of those guys who's just, you know, going to call that a win because it's not. Um, but it, <laughs> that's about as close as you can get to winning a game without winning it. And then, you know, Sunday lost a tough game, 4-3, uh, made a couple errors, made a couple, you know, had, you know, had a couple bad at-bats in key spots. But, I, you know, just looking at the opening series, I feel like we – we didn't play our best, but I feel like we played better than, you know, an 0-3 record there. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. Well, I'll, I'll touch on the Sailor, you know, topic first because, he, you know, it was the opening day. Look, I, I love Sailor. I talked about him in yeah. the offseason. I, I like him a lot. I liked him last year um, a lot. I thought he, he had some really good outings, um, and I liked him coming into the year. He it, – it's not about – you know, talent, you can be, and he is as talented as anybody. I mean, he's a really good pitcher being thrust in a couple of days before into a start that you weren't expecting to have, you know, um, is tough, man. You're going against the other team's ace too. Um, and Bryant is a team that clearly can hit the ball. Um, and is a team that's had a lot of success and he was thrust into a spot that he, you know, that not even to say he wasn't ready for, but he wasn't expecting you know, and, and that's a really hard thing to do. So I think that Garrett Saylor has gotten some unfair criticism. Same, uh, you know, with his, you know, him opening against UNC. Look, I mean, Garrett Saylor, I still believe, has the talent to, to be, you know, one of our guys, uh, you know, one of the guys in the starting rotation and pitching in, in meaningful games. But that until, you know, two days or so before the season started wasn't the role that he was in. Uh, so I think people writing him off, as, you know, as, you know, just kind of a failed experiment, I, I think have the wrong idea. Um, and I'm sure you agree, Jake, that, that he, you know, is 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 really talented. He's going to be a big part of the success for this team this year. Um, and, you know, I think that's just we're going to have to be patient because he's adjusting to a spot, you know, whereas everybody else kind of had the offseason to adjust to their role. Uh, you know, he had two days before the season started. So let's not write him off after two, you know, so-so starts. Um, yeah, like you said, in the, you know, in the in the second game, the the home run timeout thing, I don't, you know, that's been beaten like a dead horse. It's a nightmare that that even happened. It's a joke. But, you know, you have that and then you lose, a, you know, in a game where we made a lot of mistakes and lost 3-4. Um, I do think that that series probably should should have been 2-1 in favor of ECU. Um, not even saying if we played our best, but if we even played, you know, like we did, uh, you know, against Campbell, you know, I think we win that series against Brian fairly easily. Um, 
But I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, I think went wrong early on, and we'll we'll clump in the you know first couple of games at at UNC too. We had the buffer where we blew out Campbell, and that was a good game where we were able to kind of you know work some at bats. Still weren't hitting until after we got um, you know took the cap off in that I believe it was the fifth inning. Um, we're able to have some good at bats, some walks, and some poke hits to get some runs in, and then everybody kind of loosened up and started to actually swing the bat. Um, but then, you know, it was kind of right back to it against UNC. Um, we were competitive. We went, we got down early pretty big in the opening opening game against them uh, in Chapel Hill. Um, you know, fought back, but it was too little too late. Uh, you know, got shut out. Kuchmaner pitched great again. Um, got shut out, just couldn't get the bats going in the second game. Um, you know, I think that uh, – I think there's a lot – a lot of things, man. I think this team took a morale hit early on. Um, like Godwin said, I, you know, paraphrasing, I think he said, you know, he, he's the, after that opening series was somewhat more acting as a psychologist than he was a coach, you know, to the team. And, um, you know, just early on, I, you know, we had the Wizen Hunt thing, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I just think that the biggest thing, you know, I think we we haven't, uh, the, the guy, you know, the, the guys hitting the guys at the plate, I, I think the lineup has been, uh, the reason for the slow start. Um, you know, they just haven't been hitting, haven't been piecing together good at bats. Um, I think Godwin's still trying to figure out what he's going to make the order. Um, and that hasn't really fully meshed yet. I don't think, um, but you know, I, I think it's just, a, it's just a confidence thing with those guys. I, I've made this point to Jake in the games that we have hit and scored runs in, uh, the guys seem like a totally different team after that first run comes across, which leads me to think that it's a confidence thing, um, which is good. You know, it's certainly not a talent thing. These guys can play with anybody, and they showed that. They've showed that multiple times this year already. So, um, but yeah, Jake, that's my main explanation for this team is uh, the slow start for this team has been the the hitting. I think was the you know we we got some really good performances out of young pitchers and guys you know from last year stepping up into bigger roles and, and pitching well um you know josh gross has been grosh um has been awesome um you know tur williger he had, he gave up the home run against duke but he, he's been really good spivey has been unreal um you know cooch Maynard has seems like he's given us the year we were hoping for and more um, and Jake Hunter's looked good in both of his starts too. So I think there are definitely a lot of positives, you know, with the way we were hitting, we probably should have gotten blown out in all those early on games. And we really only had the opening day blowout loss. Um, and we're competitive in the rest of them, despite leaving a ton of guys on bases and not really being able to piece together a B. So Jake, let me know. Do you, do you agree with me on that with, uh, you know, really the, it seemed like the confidence at the plate was the issue early on, or did you, was there something else that you think maybe contributed to the slow start? No, no, I think you're spot on there. I mean, you know, you look at our pitching, like you said, Carter Spivey, I mean, he's been lights out. He hasn't even given up a run. Uh, Josh Gross coming out of the pen. Uh, Lagos pitched great in his start. You know, every, literally everyone pretty much who's pitched so far has just, you know, been, you know, standout player. Um, and we just haven't really been hitting the ball um, like we can. And some of that's bad luck. You know, we've hit the ball really hard at some people. Some of it's been, you know, poor approach. Um, we, we, earlier on, we were striking out a ton looking with two strikes, um, and, in, in, in the USC series, lights, um, their pitchers were dotting some really nasty breaking balls with two strikes. 
but that doesn't mean we can sit there and watch everyone go by, you know. So, um, yeah, I think just the hitting early on, you know, lack of confidence. And even Amex said after the, you know, game where we kind of took over against Duke, he said uh, once once we scored our first run, everyone kind of loosened up a bit. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think this team's still figuring out who they are, especially um, – all the things that are going on in the clubhouse with, you know, Wizen Hunt not being able to play. Um, a lot of guys stepping into bigger roles than they might have thought originally they were going to have. Um, but, yeah, I think this team has just as much talent as any team uh, we've had. You know, we see that the last two games, big win, at, you know, against North Carolina, then huge, huge win against Duke. Um, and, you know, we got a big series coming up. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I think uh, – I think if, if we end up sweeping this weekend, and that's a tall task, we have three good teams. I think if we sweep this weekend, don't be surprised if we're back in the rankings already. Um, you know, people are already taking notice. Kendall Rogers has tweeted about us. Um, I don't I, I don't know how to say his name. The UVA pitcher from last year, I think Stephen. I don't know how to say his last name, like Slouch or something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, uh, he's he's been he's been getting a lot of traction, doing a lot of baseball media, and he absolutely loves ECU. You'd think he went here. Um, as, as much as he tweets about us, but um, everyone still knows how good and talented we are. It's just a matter of, you know, taking control, getting comfortable and playing our brand of baseball. Yeah. And uh, before we get on to the, um, you know, the bounce back games that we've had talking about more positive things, uh, you know, we'll talk about the, uh, you know, the issue that's kind of on everybody's mind. And we briefly mentioned it with Carson Wisenhunt. Um you know, Godwin said right before opening weekend that he was, you know, suspended, you know, temporarily or, you know, however you want to say it indefinitely, whatever, for violating team rules. Didn't clarify um, a lot of rumors that me and Jake have heard, and they're just rumors. And we want to, you know, really, really pound that home that it's just rumors. But um, a lot of what we've heard is that it was a failed drug test. Um you know, for, for, and, and this is what we've heard, but for some, some form of PED, um, we don't know if that's true. Really hope it's not true. Um, certainly not going to dog our guy before we even know, you know, what's happening. So we're not trying to spread anything like that. Um, we just want to say what we've heard. Um, and, and, you know, it's, there's a lot of people saying that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the only reason that we're bringing it up is because, you know, uh, the, with the way the things are kind of, you know, playing out, it would appear that the timeline um, is kind of matching up where with what it would have been if if he did uh, fail a drug test for for PED use, Jake. And, and you can kind of clarify that a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. So, like Josh said, there's a there's a ton of rumors circulating, and they're just rumors. But there's a lot uh, going on that you know people are thinking that wasn't Hunt failed a drug test for PEDs and to my knowledge, the NCAA's policy for a failed test is um, whenever you take a, a, a drug test like that, uh, there's an A and a B sample, and your A sample gets tested first. And if that comes back positive, uh, they send your B sample in, and, it, and then in three to four weeks, um, that comes back. And if, he, if that is the case and he tested positive in his A sample, um, if his B sample comes back positive, he'd get a year suspension. Um, and again, the, you know, we can't preface this enough. We're trying to say it um, as much as we can. Dude. Right. Just, just, a, just a rumor. Um, but what I have been hearing is if that B sample does come back positive, if, if he even tested positive for steroids, that um, the idea is that he would end up dropping out and going and pitching 
in indie ball. So we, if that is the case, um, the Carson Wisenhunt era at ECU is over, if that's true. Yeah, and, you know, and obviously me and Jake would be the first people to tell you, and you know this by listening to us before the season, that we hope it's not true. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We love absolutely. Carson Wisenhunt, man. We love his talent. We think he's a top 10 pick um, in the upcoming draft. Um, you know, super excited about him. And he's still part of the team, man. He's still on the team. Uh, for all we know, he could have just gotten into it with Godwin or, you know, anything. You know, it could be anything. Yeah. So, you know, we're just saying That's... that, you know, these are rumors that we've heard in the timeline makes sense for, you know, a lot of people thought initially, as did we, that, uh, you know, with how Godwin worded it, that he was just going to miss the opening weekend. And now people are starting to question, um, you know, well, why is he still out? Why haven't we heard anything? And like Jake just explained, if it was a failed drug test for, you know, PED use, then that would explain why he's kind of, we're kind of just in limbo with that situation right now. Really hope it's not the case. Certainly are not saying that it is. Um, we're just saying that that's what, you know, uh, something that we've heard a lot over the past couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, and, and that it's a possibility, um, you know, and it's unfortunate if it is the case. Um you know, and, and we just hope that right now we just hope that everything works out for the best. First off, we hope that it's not the case and that it's just rumors, which would be fantastic. And secondly, if it is the case, we hope, you know, that B sample comes back and, you know, is is negative and, you know, everything can kind of just go back to normal. Either way, we wish Carson, um, you know, we wish the best possible outcome for him in this situation. Yeah. Um, two huge Carson Wisenhunt fans, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll move on from that. We just felt like, you know, we wanted to touch it. A lot of people have been asking us about it and we just wanted to let you know what we've heard and you know, what we hope is not true. Um, but that's all we'll say on that team's super talented. Um, and there's a ton to be excited about. Um, and it was on display in these two bounce back games that we had, uh, you, the, the game three against UNC, uh, Jake, you were there, right? You were, you were there in person. Um, yeah, I was at the second UNC game in Chapel Hill. Jig was at the first one. Then he was at the game in uh, Greenville um, on Sunday. Uh, ECU won in a dominant showing, five nothing, uh, to you know salvage the series against North Carolina. Even though we lost, to not you know avoid the sweep against a really good team, a really hot team, um, especially at the plate. Um, man, that game was really fun to watch. Uh, just just dominant in all facets, and it was nice to see the guys take pride in playing, you know, at home. Uh, that was something that Moylan echoed a lot in our podcast with him last week, and to, you know, see them not just give up on the series. Um, yeah, five, five nothing. I think we had – how many hits we had? We had five hits, so to get five runs out of five hits, you know, that's the opposite of what we've been seeing where, you know, not being competitive and making the most out of your at-bats. That's, you know, <laughs> making the absolute most out of your at-bats. Carter Spivey pitched the game of his life. I mean, my goodness, did he look amazing um, in that one. Um, and, and really, just across the board, a, a really great, great um, bounce-back game to see the Pirates playing. Yeah, man. Um, being in person to, to witness that performance was awesome because, you know, I speak for Josh here, too, and I, I'm sure I speak for most of the people listening to this podcast. I cannot stand UNC. Um, and anytime I see them lose, you know, anytime I see them lose, it's a great day. To, you know, if we're the ones who hand them that loss, it's even even sweeter. Um, but, yeah, you know, speaking on Carter Spivey, I'll talk about him in a second. But going to our first pitcher of the day, uh, you know, Jake Hunter was absolutely dealing until he got hit. Um, 
you know, by that rocket up the middle. That was the only hit he gave up all day. He had two walks. Um, you know, he, he was pitching great. He's looked really good stepping up, stepping up to the stage um, for a guy who was likely not even going to be in the starting rotation to begin the season. Um, yeah. You know, there with, with anybody else, um, you know, on the, on the field. Um, but, you know, Carter Spivey coming in after that definitely was, there's no way he was expecting to come in that early. I mean, Jake Hunter was dealing, but came in, pitched, Pitch four in the third, gave up two hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. Mm. Um, and then, you know, after that, we see the guys everyone loves to see coming out of the bullpen, C.J. Mayhew and Skylar Brooks. I feel like anytime uh, you see those guys up there, you can kind of ease up a little bit and get a little comfortable because you know they're going to take care of business. But, um, you know, pitching was great like it's been all year. Um, like you said, only five hits. That's not a ton, but we're playing a great UNC team, and we got the hits when they mattered, and we got big hits. Um, you know, Will Coxon had a double – uh, Jenkins Cower had a double. Those are two freshmen, by the way. Um, mm. And then Wilcoxon with the big home run. I was he hit it actually directly at me. Um, if you were watching, I saw you. Yeah, it's another. Yeah, that's another reveal of who we are. And I moved out of the way. And some of my friends are giving me a hard time about this, but I have a story about that. Um, okay. One, one, it was a, uh, it was you know I was thinking about catching it. You know, first instinct, especially you know I was an outfielder, so that's my instinct right away. And I can tell where the ball is going to go when it's hitting the air. I was like, yeah, that's coming right at me. And I was like, do I try to catch it? And I thought about it. I was like, for one, it's 30 degrees outside. So that's <laughs> that's going to hurt really bad. And two, two, um, I was at a game last year, and Thomas Francisco hit an absolute nuke um, into the jungle. And I tried to catch it, and I nearly broke my thumb. Um, <laughs> so I was like, it's just not worth it. I'm moving. Um, so I moved out of the way. But, yeah, I was, I was there right for that. Um, you know, that was a missile. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, playing really good teams and doing absolutely what we needed to do to win that game and win, you know, in deciding fashion, 5-0. to zero. Um, Yeah, that was awesome to be there. Yeah, and that's uh, Will Coxon's, I don't care what anybody says, second home run. Yeah, year. that's yeah, um, the <laughs> second home run. But it was nice for, for him to, you know, he had to hit two for them to count one. So, um, but, yeah, he's and he's been fantastic. Um Speaking of Spivey, man, it, uh, at the risk of sounding significantly older than I am, I promise I'm only 25. But, dude, he had, he was pitching with swag, man. He, he yeah, was, dude. I mean, it, especially later later in his outing, man, when he he was he was catching guys looking and just it almost looked like he was he was mean mugging the dugout, just walking off. You you know, he was kind of giving. He was just. It was awesome. I love that kid, man. He he is he could be a really fun and interesting development for the CCU team um, going forward this season, man. Um, but yeah, that that game was that game was a you know a, a, I think really big for this team to not give up that you know they lost the series. Not to say not give up the series, but to just not get swept and to come out and, and win dominant at home. And I think it bled into the Duke game, playing Duke on the road. I know it was at the Durham Bulls Stadium, but. You know, obviously Duke is in Durham. Uh, we still have more fans than them because we just have more fans than them. Um, dominant display, twelve to two. Um, you know, it was uh, another another game where we seem to get, um, you know, seem to not be able to piece together at bats. We were on base. You know, it seems like every inning we had guys in scoring position, just weren't scoring them. But it, you almost felt like the lid was going to come off, and when it did, my goodness. Uh, we had uh let's see which inning was it that we we uh initially scored as a fifth inning scored two runs um you know duke came back and you know with two outs terwilliger was pitching 
it, it was Terwilliger, right? Um, or I, believe, the, I believe that gave up the, the one, home run. Yeah, he gave up the homer. Yeah, yeah, he was pitching well, pitching really well. Um, then just you know, one slipped away and he and he hit a he hit what would have been the third out. You know, had he gotten him out. Um, and then you know, just first pitch, pinch hit home run. Not much you can do about that. It's just a you know a good swing um, to tie the game at two two. But ECU bounced right back, uh, scored two runs. The next thing was just I mean it, it seemed like we were just it, it was a nightmare for Duke pitchers the second half of that game. Even the first half, even though their starter didn't give up um, you know any any runs till the fifth inning, um, it just the the way that we were able to piece at bats together. I mean, obviously, it was our best offensive showing um, of the season. Um, Worrell had three hits. Uh, who else had three hits? Amac had three hits. Yeah. Um, Agnos had two. Agnos had two. Wilcoxon. Wilcoxon got a. He he had. I think he had one hit, but he also had the hit in the ninth that he reached on throwing error. Um, every every you know, uh, every every starter got on base at least by a walk or or a hit. So yeah, our boy Josh Moylan. Uh, he would, he'd be the first one to tell you that he hasn't he hasn't started off swinging the bat, you know, like he's accustomed to. But the fact that you know that's the tell of a really really talented hitter that yeah. when, when the you know when the hits just aren't really falling, he's not, uh, you know, it, it happens. The fact that he's able to get, I mean, he walked four times. Yeah, uh, he, walked you, a, he, he walked a few times in the Campbell game too. Yeah, um, if you want, if you want to know how good how good Josh Moylan is and how uh, how good all the opposing teams know he is. He's batting 091 right now, and he has the third highest on base percentage on our team. Yeah, they don't so, want to pitch to him. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's got an OBP at 375 right now, um, and and that batting average will even itself out um, for sure. Yeah, and and another guy we we mentioned Agnos, um, a guy that was expected to be a really big part of this team, got moved down the order after a slow start. I don't think he's going to be at the bottom of the order much longer. He's been swinging a really good stick. Um, and a lot of balls haven't even been falling for him that he's been lining out, you know, lining into the outfield or hitting hard in the infield. Um, he had some really good at bats too. Uh, in that game, he had a, uh, did he have a, he hit in the night. Yeah. He had the single up the middle, a two RBI single, hard, yeah. up the middle hard hit. And I think it was a two strike count um, that he hit that on. Could be wrong about that part, but nonetheless, man, uh, just a, a really fun, you know, a really fun game. To, to watch really satisfying for these guys to see it um, start to come together. Jenkins Cowart, another guy who's come in as a freshman um, guy that doesn't look like he's fully even, you know, de- grown into his really impressive six, frame. Six frame, dude. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, he's, <laughs> he might be the next, next big thing, man. He, he's swinging a great stick, having great at bats too. Um, I think he, what did he, he have the, he had the, uh, Oh, it was the eighth inning. Okay, that he had the, uh, um, he got on on a fielder's choice, and then I think he scored off of Bryson World's triple. Yeah, um, if I have that right, and you know he had some really good at bats too. He had a couple of hits, um, scored a run. So, uh, yeah, just you know Lane Hoover is obviously doing Lane Hoover's thing, just being a pitcher's nightmare, defense's nightmare. You don't know what he's gonna do. He just finds a way to get on base. Um, you know, World's looking like the, you know all American that he's, you know, been expected to be. It, it was just really fun, man. Who who stood out to you, Jake? I mean, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, we've talked about a few, but who's, you know, one or two guys that have really stood out to you that you think have been major cogs in this, you know, kind of, you know, it's a short turnaround, but this two game turnaround that we've experienced. Um, you know, hitting, obviously, hitting wise, hitting wise. Yeah. Pitchers, yeah. We've had so many good performances. 
Um, you know, we can we can talk about how good Wilcoxon's been, but he's you know he's been consistently hitting really well um, all throughout. Two people who really stood out to me, um, you know, one one for most of the UNC game, but um, you know he played well in the Duke game. We were just talking about him, Jenkins Cowart. I mean, coming in hit a really huge double against UNC to help pad our lead there, and then he had two hits against Duke. Um, you know, he's coming in. I expect him to get you know an even bigger role here soon, and then AMAC too. I mean, that double was absolutely scorched. I mean, he was a couple degree launch angle away from sending that in the stands. Um, but three hits against Duke, four RBIs, um, you know, two runs. AMAC, a- uh, you know, he's going to be there consistently. He's got his average up. And it's, it's a small sample size. But, um, you know, when some other people haven't really been hitting the best, AMAC's, you know, batting 290 right now with a 351 OBP. I, you know, he, he, he can get that even up higher. But, um, you know, AMAC really impressed me that, you know, recently getting back to his, his form that we know he can be at and, um, you know, being that steady, steady beat in the lineup that we need. Yeah. I mean, AMAC is definitely, um, I, I would say, yeah, definitely has been the guy who has been the constant for this team. Um, and we expected that coming in out of him. I mean, he's a stud before the season. I think I, I mentioned this on a show. I know I've, uh, on an episode, I know I've said it to Jake a ton that AMAC's that guy that when he, when he's at the plate, you just, you almost just expect a hit, you know. He's one of yeah. those guys that when he comes up, you know, you just are almost you're you're so you know it's rare in baseball that you're more surprised when a guy doesn't get a hit than when he does. He's one of those guys, and he showed it, especially um, especially in the big moments too. I mean, he's yeah, he's definitely the guy you want up when the game's on the line. Yeah, which is just a huge attribute. Um, yeah, it was just really fun to see, and I'm really excited for these guys. They got a big weekend coming up, man. Um, for me. And, and and we'll we're, we'll do the Leclerc Classic preview here in just a second. For me, um, my guy and I and I've already mentioned him, but my guy, if I had to pick one guy that I think has been really impressive um, these past two games, would be Worrell. Um, and it's yeah. it's just because um, I think that he is just he's got so much talent. He's got such a good frame. He's a center fielder that's really good in the field. And, you know, he's good on the bases. He's fast. He's just really got it all. Got a lot of power. So he was the guy that you, you know, know once it clicked, he was going to be a freaking, you know, an all, all world caliber player. And I think we're starting to see a click for him. And, you know, there's been a lot of reports of him taking on a leadership role in the locker room, which is huge for him. I know he's, you know, been known as more of a reserve guy. Um, but to see him, you know, he, he's one of those guys that really didn't, wasn't struggling as badly as maybe the numbers showed in those early games. He was hitting the ball hard and just having some bad breaks. And, uh, you know, obviously the the numbers show, um, you know, especially against Duke with his three hits. Uh, also had a walk and, um, you know, he had an RBI, scored three times. He uh, He's the guy that I think is going to be really big at the top of this order, um, you know, somewhere in that one to three spot hitting all year that I, I think that uh, teams are really not going to want to throw to. Um, but you don't want to put him on the bases either. So I think that he's – uh, he, he's been my guy who I, I've gotten the most excited about watching, um, you know, kind of turn things around because I think he's going to be really important for this team. Um, moving forward, LeClaire Classic this weekend, um, three monster home games um, for ECU, Indiana State, Michigan, and Maryland, three really good baseball teams. We'll start with Indiana State. We play them tomorrow. We're recording this Thursday, so this will come out Friday. Um, you know, probably, you know, around the middle of the day before the game play Indiana state on Friday uh, at four 30. And um, 
one thing I've I've read about this team is that they can freaking hit, man. Yeah, um, you know they've they've struggled some with their with their pitching. I think that we have a big opportunity there if we can keep the bats hot, um, and it can be a really if if we look like we have the past two days, I think it's a really good matchup for us, um, just because of how good our pitching has looked um, against some really elite hitting. Um, I think we got a big opportunity to put up a lot of runs. But um, Jake, how do you feel about the Indiana State game going into it? I mean, you know, I I feel pretty good. We're playing at home. Uh, we're really good at home. And they're a good ball club, but, you know, so are we. Um, their pitching hasn't been that great. I would expect them to throw their ace. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Matt Jokic. Um, but, he, he, you know, he's been a stud. He's pitched twice this year, um, 13.1 innings, 1.35 um, ERA. And, uh, you know, he's got 13 strikeouts. He, he, he's got good command. Uh, he's definitely somebody that we can hit. We're definitely talented enough to hit. Um, but you know, he's really good on the mound. I'd expect them to throw him, uh, Friday night against the home team. Uh, but like you said, they can hit too. Uh, so I, this is a game that I feel like some people, if they're not really like super big college baseball fans, they don't know Indiana state. They're just kind of brushed by this game. This is just, I mean, but, um, you know, knowing about Indiana state, knowing about their ace, I think this is uh, a game to really be excited for. Um, but yeah, he's, he's really good. I, I don't think if we can get past him, I think we should be, you know, pretty good, but he's, he's definitely a big talent on the mound. Yeah, man, this Indiana state team, uh, five and two on the year. Um, they've got wins over BYU, Marshall, um, Merrimack, um, and, and Minnesota twice in their last three games though, man, they're averaging like 15 runs a game, scored 14 against Merrimack the first game, then 16 and 14 in back-to-back games against Minnesota to get the two game sweep. Um, they're hot, man. They're hot. And we're going to have to, um, keep up our, our really good pitching performances that we've had. I'm assuming we'll probably start Sailor. I have no clue, thought or, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, Godwin had said after the game on Tuesday that he was going to – or he was probably going to release a rotation for the weekend sometime, but it, he hasn't released it yet. And we're, it's currently 9 p.m. on Thursday night. So um, I, I have no clue who's going to pitch. And that's the thing. We have so much talent that, like, there's a lot of different ways we can go for this weekend. And then – a lot of them could be the right decision. So I, I literally have no clue. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they saw, if we tried a cooch manor out there to try and get a good start to the weekend. Um, yeah. With, two, with just a, you know, he's a veteran guy that's been pitching lights out. So yeah. Um, yeah. But either way, um, you know, it could be a big opportunity for a bounce back for a sailor against a really good team at home. Uh, you know, it could be a, you know, an opportunity for, you know, cooch manor to kind of take over the ACE role uh, in this rotation. We'll see. Um, but I do think that the, the matchup is potentially there for us, but we're going to have to score runs because they this is a team that finds a way to, finds a way to score and can really hit and has been red hot lately. So, um, yeah, we got the Indiana state game on Friday, on Saturday, four thirty, for what, for what I would imagine will be a packed house, uh, playing Michigan, um, Michigan, uh, Michigan's a solid team too, man. None of these teams are, uh, none of these teams are pushovers by, any stroke of the imagination um you know obviously i wish that like jake said that we had the uh um you know the rotation for the weekend so that we could go a little bit more in depth michigan six and three on the year um playing well on the road two four and four and one away uh you know i doubt that they've uh played in an atmosphere who let's see where have they played they played uh they were just they just they finished played up at, at fau 
Okay, yeah. They played in they played in Arlington against Texas Tech, but not at Texas Tech's home stadium. So uh, I would imagine, I would have to imagine that this is going to be the most hostile environment by far that they played in this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, then they, another team that's that can put up runs, man, score twenty runs in the last game against FAU. Um, you know, split that series with them, but has hit well all year. I mean, their offensive numbers are, you know, incredible on the year. Besides the you know one loss to Oklahoma, what do you what are you thinking of that matchup, man? Um, you know, Michigan's obviously a really good team. I don't think that's a team that anyone's overlooking. Um, they. You know, they're, they're always solid. They went – I believe they won the College World Series a few years ago. Uh, if, if they didn't win, I know they at least went and went far, but I'm pretty sure they won. Um, so this is a, you know, a story program. They're, they're used to winning. Um, it's definitely going to be a big challenge. You know, they can hit the ball really well. They just put 20 runs on FAU, who's a solid program, um, on the road as well. Uh, they've been scoring a lot. They played a really close game against a really good Texas Tech team to open out the season. So, um yeah, you know, mission is going to be tough. Um, definitely glad we're playing this game at home. I think, uh, you know, like Moylan said on the last podcast, um, playing at home at ECU can be a real, real big advantage. And I think, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm saying this about, you know, the same thing about the Indiana State game, but I'm just really excited for that matchup, dude. I'm, I'm it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun to see us play a lot of really good teams to start. Um, and, you know, part of it's not fun because every game's a tough game, but, um, you know, if you're a baseball fan, this is not one that you want to miss. That's for sure. Yeah, and your memory is pretty good. They lost the College World Series in 2019 to Baylor. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but they, yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, really, you know, an elite program, really good team. Um, you know, that is is you know, none of these teams are going to be an easy out. Um, but the opportunities there, especially in those first two games, um, like me and me and Jake just said, um. And finally, to close out the the Leclerc Classic on Sunday at three thirty, we got Maryland. And let me tell you, man, this yeah. team has been arguably the you know there's a, a few of them, but arguably the hottest team in baseball. They're eight and zero on the year, and they've played six road games, man. And uh, you know they haven't lost yet. Uh, you know they've been a, they've been a lot of close games, um, but nonetheless, eight and zero is eight and zero. Um, and they're another team to to kind of go. <laughs> Continue with the uh, the theme. Another team that can really hit the ball. Um, we'll we'll be getting them in the in the third game, so probably not going to face their ace or anything, um, you know. But nonetheless, that's I would say. You know, you never know with baseball, especially early on in the season. But I would say that that's got to be, um, you know, looking like the toughest game of the of the weekend so far. Um, Jake, have you gotten to see any of Maryland's Maryland's um, you know action this year? Yeah, I've been um, keeping up with Maryland. I've been watching a little bit, um, and they're just as talented as anyone thinks they are. They're ranked 21st right now. Um, honestly, they could probably be ranked a little higher if they had started the season, um, you know, ranked. I, don't, I think they were unranked to start the season. Yeah. Um, but they finished the season ranked last year. We saw them in the regional, um, actually, at, in Greenville, and they were a really solid team, um, really tough games, and they've – you know, like Josh said, they've went on the road and beat some pretty good teams. They swept Baylor um, on the road, and they just swept Campbell on the road too. Which so, is really um, impressive. Yeah, and and you know, Maryland's a really good team. Like you said, they can hit um, hit the ball really well. But what really sticks out to me is their pitching. Um, they're holding opponents to a two hundred three average so far on the year. Um, 
288 on base percentage and only a 257 slugging percentage. Um, so they don't give up hits often. They don't let guys get on base often. And when they do, um, it's generally not for extra bases. So this is a, you know, like you said, I think they're the other best team in this tournament. I think all the teams are really good. Um, they're all regional teams, but I, I think Maryland um, could very well host a regional this year. So I th- th- this is a game. Uh, not, you know, I said it about the other two, but uh, if you can only make it out to one game this week, um, make sure you're in, you know, in Greenville on Sunday to watch this game because it's, it's going to be intense from start to finish. Yeah, man, I'm super excited, man. Such just good baseball. And, you know, we get it three days in a row. That's the great thing about baseball. Um, got to love the momentum we've got riding into the weekend, despite, uh, you know, a three and five start. Um, do you, what, Jake, we didn't talk about this beforehand at all. Um, and I'm not asking for specific, um, you know, game breakdowns, um, and predictions, but what do you think the record for this? What do you think we'll do this weekend? Three and oh, two, two and one, one and two. You think we'll, you know, lose out? What do you think? Yeah. If you had to make a prediction, I think, um, you know what? Uh, It's always tough with baseball because, you know, good teams can lose to good teams. Um, we're playing at home. I'm feeling really good about the way we're playing. Just you know, being a baseball fan, I I I'll go two one two and one two and one. I want to say three and zero, oh, um, but you know, there's still a little bit of uncertainty about the way we're playing. And there's three really good teams going coming into um, you know Greenville this weekend. But I, I'll say two and one. I don't know which one we lose to, um, but you know, I'm comfortable thinking we go two and one. And I, and I think that'd be a great weekend. Yeah, and. Um... As per usual, um, I promise, I know you don't believe it, I'm sure, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, me and Jake don't talk about our predictions. Um, whenever we make them beforehand, we really do uh, you know, make them either ahead of time and don't tell each other or I spring it on Jake um, you know, during the podcast like I just did. But I agree. I would say two and one. I think we're going to win the Indiana State game. Um, and then, you know, go one and one, but I think I, I'm going to say, and it's kind of the same thing you said, but two and one with a real chance to go three and zero this weekend. Um, so really excited about that. Um, you know, stoked about it, you know, if you can Saturday, Sunday, even, even Friday, I know it's at four 30, but you know, being green will go support the guys. Cause they got a, a tough, tough weekend and, uh, you know, it makes a huge difference. Obviously we all know that, um, Moving on, though, that'll wrap it up for baseball. We'll move on to the uh, basketball team closing out the season. Um, uh, the ECU has uh, secured a winning record um, on the season for the first time since – how long has it been since we've done that? I can't remember. It's been, uh, might have been like at least five 2012, years. 2012-2013. Right? Oh, so, so wait. Okay. May, may, maybe, maybe not quite that long. I'll, I'll look it up real quick and I'll get you an answer. But I, I know we at least had a winning record that year. Yeah, I mean, the you know, with wins over South Florida and Tulsa back-to-back, two of the low, you know, you know, lesser teams in the conference, but it is what it is. Got the wins um, to secure a, uh, you know, winning record in the regular season, um, which is really big for the guys. Um, and it's really good to see. We got um, the uh, – well, before I talk about Wichita State, we'll talk about uh, – with Dooley, the last time we talked about ECU basketball on the, uh, on the podcast a few episodes ago, uh, two episodes ago, I believe, um, we were talking about, you know, what was the hot topic at the time, which is Dooley's future of the program. We said it would depend on, uh, you know, we, we both said that, you know, we really didn't know, I think, with both leaning towards, you know, probably keeping him, but we didn't know. Um, and we said, you know, these the way we round out the season will be really telling 
Um, and I think to round up the season going three and one, um, heading into Wichita State, win or lose. But as of right now, the last four games we played, being three and one of those games, having a close loss also to UCF. Um, you know, I would be surprised at this point if Dooley's not back um, next season. Uh, just because it is progress, you know, whether it's the amount of progress that we want or maybe hoped after a really hot start of the year, it is progress. Um, and, you know, we've seen these guys fight and, and, you know, win these two close games, which is nice to see. Um, Jake, before I jump to Wichita State, do you, what do you, because we didn't, you know, really talk about that beforehand either. What are you thinking as far as the, uh, you know, Joe Dooley future conversation? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure um, what's going on there. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect from what I've been reading between uh, John Gilbert and Joe Dooley. Um, if it were up to me, um, I'd keep Joe Dooley. I, I, I know that's a that's probably the hottest uh, topic in, you know, ECU athletics. You're either uh, – almost everybody's 100% in on Dooley or 100% out. Um, like Josh said, we're, we're not really – either of those, but definitely leaning more towards keeping Dooley. Um, and, you know, the more the seasons went on, the the more, um, you know, I'm shifting into, you know, keeping him. Um, and mainly just because, you know, we were not supposed to be good this year. Um, everyone picked us to finish last in the conference. Uh, then, you know, we had Winston Tabs come in. We were expecting him to have a huge, huge role for us, be our leading scorer. And he hasn't seen the floor at all. He's been dealing with some injuries. Um so we lose him right off the bat. Um, you know, we're 14 and 13 right now. Very easily could have a few more wins um, on that on that record. And um, 15 and 13, by the way. 15 and 13. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even better. <laughs> even right. Better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like we just had some bad luck and some breakdowns on the court, which happens with, with a young team. Um, but either way, I think we've been really competitive this year and there's been improvement. Um, and... I just feel like if we fired Dooley, um, we're just going through the same thing that we always go through where we fire a coach after a few years. And uh, I think, you know, if we, if we lose Dooley, I think we lose a lot of the current guys we have on our team. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's just kind of where I'm leaning. And I, and I understand that, you know, the money the money is an issue. Um, you know, if Dooley comes back, we're going to be paying him a lot more uh, than we would if we hired a new coach. But I, I still think it's worth keeping him. If you, if, yeah. you, if you if you want to see, um, you know, real growth in this program, I think we stick with him at least for a couple more years and see what he does with that. And to answer your earlier question, 2012-2013 um, season was the last time wow. we had a winning record. We went 17-17 and 17, um, in 2013-2014. So, wow. Yeah. Um, man, that, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it, – there is a whether you um, – believe that Joe Dooley should stay or you're on the team, you know, thinking that he will go. Um, there is a very real possibility, um, you know, even regardless of us finishing out the season. Well, even if we beat Wichita state um, and, you know, have a decent showing in the conference tournament, um, like Jake said, with the money um, and, you know, there, there is a, you know, regardless of real possibility of him not being the coach next year. So it will be something to definitely keep an eye on. Um, he, you know, I, I'm, you know, kind of with Jake, I think that we probably should keep him just because, um, you know, taking money out of it, which you can't do, but if you were taking money out of it, just because, um, I think it's a really fair question to say, where do you, you know, what's, what do you do if you fire him? 
you know, you're going to lose a lot of guys. You're starting back to square one. And who's to say that, you know, it's not exactly like it would be a job that people would be knocking down the door to take. Hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is. Um, I think if the, um, you know, the money was out of the equation, I think it would be really easy to say, um, yeah, you know, he's definitely going to be back. Uh, first, you know, regular season winning record since 2012. But, um, you know, it's definitely something to, you know, keep track of during the off season because of the amount that he's going to be due if we do keep him. Um, coming up, with, you know, we do got the Wichita State game, one more regular season game. This game's also on Saturday um, at 3 p.m. It's a road game at Wichita State. Um, obviously, we're heavy underdogs. Wichita State's 14 and 12, 5 and 9 in the conference has seen. You know, that's pretty – pretty much the same kind of you know they've got a pretty identical record as we do um but they they are a talented team um and we have this is our second time playing them on the year first time the uh they came they came they came they came to greenville and they were an hour before i feel bad for them an hour before the game i guess some of our guys got covid so they came all the way to greenville and we couldn't play them and they just never rescheduled it that's so, actually – I think they've only played – let's see. They played 14 conference games. They played, like, two or three less conference games than, like, every other team. I think that's happened to them a couple of times. Um, maybe maybe not, like, once they got to the city. Um, but they've had a couple of games to COVID. And I don't right. think it, I don't think it's always been on their end. So Yeah, and that brings up a good point that uh, it makes it even harder to kind of make a preview for this game because this late in the season, two conference teams who haven't seen each other um, have had really similar success. Um, like I said, we're massive underdogs in this game, but uh, um, and we are on the road. But uh, you know, I do still think it's a winnable game for sure, um, and I think that would be really huge for these guys if they were able to close out the regular season with a win against a you know a solid team. Um, so you know, just something to watch. Uh, we don't have a, you know a crazy preview for this. Um, if we did, it'd just be kind of well, maybe you do, Jake. If we did it, I for me at least, it'd just be complete speculation. Um, you know, as far as trying to predict the outcome of this game, I think it's just one of those games that you just kind of got to go into with, uh, you know, and hope to get a feel good win for the guys to, you know, to round out the season. Yeah, no, no, you know, like you said, I don't really have a crazy prediction for this game. Um, the only thing I will say is that uh, I know Wichita State's been down a bit this year, but this would still be a huge win um, for our program. I know that People might look at Wichita State and look at their record and look at their conference record and be like, oh, you know, this is a down year for them. Um, but this is a super high-quality program. Uh, you know, they haven't had an even like a, even record. They've had a winning record for over 10 years in a row. Um, you know, they've made it They made it to the tournament at one point six years in a row or seven years in a row. Um, this is a really talented team. Uh, you know, they got some really good players on it. And uh, if we were able to pull this one out on the road, I think this would be, you know, almost as big as a Memphis win at home. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's just pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. Um, right now, ECU's sitting at, what, eighth in the conference, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah eighth, we're yeah. Eighth in the conference, um, you know, out of, uh, uh, you know, the 11 teams ahead of Wichita State right now, South Florida and Tulsa, um, heading into the, you know, final game and then the conference conference tournament. Um who who you think you know? Obviously for ECU, I don't I don't I think it would be super homerish of us to to you know pick ECU to win the conference tournament. Um, 
if we believe that, we would have to put money on it because we would make a lot if it came true. Um, I, that is not the stance I have. Jake, who are you thinking? Obviously, Houston, the top dog coming to the tournament. Do you think that Houston, uh, you know, is going to kind of run the table and, and run through? Do you think a team like SMU, Memphis, maybe even UCF will, will give, you know, somebody uh, give Houston a run for their money and um, come out on top in the in the conference championship? Um. You know, I think I think the American uh, doesn't get the credit it deserves for being. You know, I, th- I think the American's better at basketball than some people think. I uh, I think there's a you know a lot of really good teams in this um, in this conference, but for the conference tournament, I really only see uh, three teams having a good shot at winning it, and that's uh, you know without a miracle from other teams, and that's the three teams at the top: Houston, SMU, and Memphis. I think Houston, obviously, the clear, you know. First choice, they're on a six-game win streak. They're 26-4 and four overall. Um, Going to be a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, that's the obvious pick. Uh, then you got SMU. They're really good, too. They, uh, they've they been playing some good basketball recently as well. 11-4 um, and four in conference. Um, you know, they're a really solid team. And then Memphis, um, probably the most talented team in the country, uh, on, just on pure talent. If those guys are all healthy and they're all playing at their best, um, I still think those guys, if they find their way in the NCAA tournament, um, would be a dark horse to win it all. Um, so I think those three teams, it's going to be really fun to see them battle it out. And, uh, I mean, you know, UCF, Temple, Tulane could make a run. Um, I don't really see any teams outside of that. I, like you said, I don't want to be a homer. Uh, <laughs> I would love it if we made that run. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think those three teams at the top really are, you know, they're at the top for a reason. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, obviously. Um you know, Houston being the heavy favorite coming in. I think if I had to pick between SMU and Memphis, even though SMU did in their last uh, matchup, you know, handle Memphis at home. Well, SMU was at home. Yeah. Um, SMU hasn't lost at home, actually. Yeah, which is wild. Um, but since since Penny Penny Hardaway's kind of outburst, um, you know, he was catching a lot of heat for it. They've been – they're, what, 8-1 and one since that with only yeah, the loss just... to SMU. So, I mean, they've been – they've been at least seemed to have figured it out. Um, including a win over Houston um, at Houston, um, you know, I, I it's it's I think I, I agree it's a much better conference than people give it credit for, and I, I'm excited for the conference tournament to watch. Obviously, rooting for ECU and hoping that we can make some noise. Um, not so sure how far that'll go, but um, you know, regardless, it'll be it'll be fun. March is just a ton of fun. And, um, you know, just as an ECU basketball fan, just enjoy it and and root for these guys to surprise some people and make noise, not only in the tournament, but also in this last game against Wichita State. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. And I will say, um, you know, there's also, depending on how we finish up the season, there is potential uh, for us to be playing in March. Obviously not um, in the NCAA tournament, even the NIT, but there's some other tournaments. Um, Obviously, you know, they're a little bit lower level. but, you know, something to be excited for. There's still some good basketball to be played outside of those two tournaments. And there's not saying we will. Obviously, a lot has to go into that. I feel like if we're not keeping Dooley, um, I don't think we would sign up for a tournament. I don't think he would coach a tournament if he knew he wasn't getting right. right. Um, but j- j- just saying there, there is a lot, um, you know, there, there's just a lot going on with the basketball team. I feel like they don't get the uh, – they haven't been getting the credit they deserve for the season that they've had this year. Um, so just be on the lookout for that too. You never know. Yeah, all in all to round it up, I think, um, you know, ups and downs have certainly happened. and There's been a lot of, you know, disappointing finishes to games. But I do think that it is it is notable. And I think these guys should get some credit for being, you know, having a, a winning record, um, 
you know, for the first time in so long. So, um, yeah, just, just, you know, keep an eye out for those guys. Big weekend for ECU sports, last game of the basketball season Saturday and the Clark LeClaire Classic. So um, I know you guys listening are excited. Uh, we do thank you guys for listening, as always. Um, again, you know, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter uh, if you aren't already. And, yeah, man, go Pirates.